Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo. Dr. Supercoach, proudly supported by our partners at Code Sports. With me to talk all things Supercoach in our final lockout podcast for 2023. It is JB, mate. It's the uh, the golden combo, as I like to say, between you and I. It's really good to have you on with me tonight. The golden shower combination. That's what they say. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. No one's saying that out loud, just like heavily implied. All oh, right. Uh, okay. Sorry. Um... Is this Patreon early? <laughs> We're about to find out. Well, depending on how you answer this next question. <laughs> uh, mate, uh, I had a 25.52 this week, which uh, held me within grasp of the top 1K. I'm at uh, 1,213. So hopefully if there's some uh, late carnage to the top 1K, I can sneak my way in. JB, maybe I need a good VC. Hopefully I've jumped over to YouTube and checked out JB's uh, uh, captaincy video this week. Have you enjoyed doing them this the, this year, JB? It's your first kind of foray into to visual stuff. Yeah, I actually have. I, I don't mind it at all. Um, it, I think I think probably if you watch back onto my first couple and then compare it to my most recent couple, there is definitely like a level of comfort that you gain in in repetition in getting them done. So maybe the quality didn't come out until later in the season, but. Um, it's been really enjoyable uh, and I, I don't mind having my name to something like, you know, saying VC this guy or captain this guy and people mm. messaging like, what? I was going to do this guy and they top scored. And it's like, well, actually, it's, it's it's your team. I'm just here to sort of suggest things and, you know, you do what you want. But um, I think I'm pretty good at picking a, a good captain. So I think a lot of people have benefited from it. So I don't know. It's pretty cool. I think SC Data did the um, the captaincy award a few years ago, and you you were like consistently up there as well. So um, it, it's actually backed by performance as well. And the one thing that people will put in the YouTube comments all the time is, why not pick this guy that's going to go 170 like one out of 14 weeks? And it's that's not the plan. The plan is to consistently pick 120 pluses, and that's what Correct. we see with your your options. Yeah, which I stress so much in not chasing that huge score. Like I understand. Um, going for like the occasional VC that you think just has a ridiculously high ceiling. But essentially, I try and hit two captains. Like a lot of people consider as a VC, which is trying to get some like high variant stuff, and a captain, which is like trying to get some safe stuff. I I see them both as captains. I want two shots at a safe 120 plus. uh, And then, you know, I'll go the safest with the best chance of going bigger. But Essentially, if I can just lock in a 120 every single week, I guarantee I outscore the the guys who go variants every week. Yeah, no, I love it, mate. I, I'm looking forward for 2024 and um, expanding on that as well and hopefully getting myself over onto to finding a topic that I can do oh, weekly. Oh, please do. Um, 
Uh, how was your score this week? I've kind of breezed past that completely as well. I know you're still top 2K or thereabouts. Well, I was okay with you breezing past it, to be honest. Um, uh, <laughs> 25.03 this week, I fielded Chesser, Marrick and Johnson. So um, let's just say the wheels have already fallen off <laughs> weeks ago. Um, uh, I, I played a little bit more for league this year uh, and the league ended a, a, about a month or so ago. So I expect it to be about 10K <laughs> now. So... Yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. fact that I'm still ranked 1571 is, I think, a huge yeah, nice. success story, um, especially because Chester has been on the field for as long as Dacos has been off. So um, I, I guess this is the year that everyone just ran out of trades. Yeah. And I think this is probably the most consistent year that I can think of in recent memory where yourself, Pistol, and I have all ranked really well. So yeah. you know, I'm 1,200, you're 1,500 or 1,600 and Pistol's 2,300. So yep. like we're all, all in the top um, 2.5K, which I, I can't personally, I don't know how you went in 2021. That's probably the, the closest one with Pistol and I ranked okay. Um, oh, let me see. But I, I, th- I think that goes to show that like with a solid foundation and just knowing the basics of Supercoach, you can really rank um, you, you can rank pretty well because I wouldn't say that any of us have had you know good luck this year. We've been we've sort of been absolutely beaten over the head with some bad luck, if I'm totally honest. But we're still ranking okay just by sticking to the fundamentals and not going too crazy with some sideways. I actually don't know how I went in 2021. I think I must have changed profiles after that year. I've only got 23, 22, and and somehow 2014 in here. So <laughs> I don't know how any of that's happened, but. How did I rank in 2014? 1,600. Huge. Oh, oh. That's a. So, that's so what, a you're, what you're saying is you've improved by 29 places in nine seasons? Approximately, give or take. <laughs> Maybe I've just had two high variance years, like a decade apart. Who knows? Um, <laughs> no, nah, I do think this year will be a bit safer. And um, I've really tested the boundaries with trading out premiums. Like I traded Tom Green a few weeks before he got injured, mm. or like a month before that. Um, traded out a few guys who were in bad form, didn't necessarily need to be traded out. Um, I think a learning curve this year was that, yeah, we've spoken about this already before, I know that, but um, we probably try and hunt for that 23rd guy rather than 22 of the best and then just sidewaysing 24-7. Um, yeah. It just gets you, you know, with no trades and no hope. So um, I, I'm, I'm interested, The uh, whoever's making a late run at number one, I wonder if they've come home with like a lot of trades in the bank and they're just trading now because I don't know. I feel like I feel like there like there was a really set best team and there hasn't been a lot change in the last like eight weeks. So I'd, I'd find it very interesting to see how the winner went about it. But it's a totally different game up in that top like one hundred. Um, if you're trying to rank top five k consistently, then you do what we do. You play it safe. You get the good guys and. Um, you, you trade out the long-term injuries and, and pretty much just go from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You do like to get right to the pinnacle. You do need a little bit of uh, PODness, let's say, in terms of a, a little bit of luck. Twenty twenty-one, a little yeah. bit of luck. Two um, K short of uh, Brady Grundy. We all remember that. Um, absolutely, you don't let us. But yeah, yes. Super, super interesting. I do try and bring it up uh, every chance that I get. Is there anything? Um, oh, look, I think usually we get to the back end of the year. And we've been uh, like saving trades and stuff like that. And you've strategically used yours. One of the things I did notice as you came out of the buys is like you were super hot on getting rid of premiums that were either 
um, underperforming or, or, you know, coming off injuries, like getting rid of Green and Dunkley, like just went bang, bang. Like I remember checking your team one week and I was like, wait, where's Dunks? Like I totally breezed over the fact that you were just like bang, gone, I'm just upgrading in, around him. Yeah, and sometimes it, it works out. Like I, I think Green worked out because he then got injured, um, but he started coming good before that and I was a bit worried. Um, Dunkley has kind of worked out as well because he's come back. I, I feel and like he, poor. Do, he does this every now and then where he just comes back and doesn't score well. And we, we say, you know, it's oh, it's because he's come back and Magneto's put him up forward, but he's kind of making it a bit of a trend at the moment that he, he comes mm. back from a long-term injury and doesn't actually keep up the scoring that he set early in the season. So um, he's an, he's another one that I haven't really missed. But like I traded Darcy Cameron on a one-weeker, for example, which wasn't great. I traded Jack Zeeble when um, he had that poor 50 and that that turned out good. So I don't know. It's kind of – it's it's very hit or miss. I think you have to just be really confident and just really back in your judgment calls. And I, I, I wanted to do that this year more than ever. Um, a lot of the time, like I, I take in a lot of advice, as you, as you still should – um, but I wanted to see where my raw gut feeling took me. And um, I think it served me well in terms of trade outs, but um, probably still lacked in terms of trade ins or timing on those trade outs. And um, it just goes to show like there are so many factors to Supercoach. Like I was going to trade five to Flanders when Dunkley got injured and use Flanders as cover for the rest of the season. Uh, instead, I traded Dunkley to Butters that week because you know Butters mm. is fun, and I was like, okay, in fact, I'll just get the premium numbers instead of the Flanders numbers. And Flanders went on to outscore Butters for like four weeks. And at that point, I was like, I could have got this cheap guy, still had Dunkley coming back. Flanders would have covered Laird, he would have covered Walsh, he would, he would have done all these good things. But now Butters has a, a three round average of 135, five round of 128, and that is killing yeah. Dunkley. So, like, it's it's so luck based and. Um, I feel like you're never going to have a satisfied season unless you just back yourself in for most of the year. Uh, and that's what I've done this year. And I've actually come out of the season feeling ultra satisfied with my year. Yeah. And look, this is not something to to kind of uh, put a knock on you. Is that usually towards the back end of the year, you're sort of not down in the dumps per se, but like you, you're unable to fix anything and you've sort of played not in the way that you wanted to do. Like yeah. you're sort of like, this is the safe way that I should do it. And then it falls apart anyway. I feel yeah. like at least in this scenario that you've made your own choices and you go, if it all falls apart, it's totally on me. You know, it's like playing a game of chess. You only lose chess because you made a mistake in the moves that you were to lead up to that point. So I feel like you're a little bit more settled in seeing your team fall apart this year, as weird as that is to say. Yeah, and, and I mean, 1,500 rank is nothing to, to sneeze at anyway, but... It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I think I actually learned... I've learned a little bit from you in this instance because I see you as the <laughs> top... Of, right? No, <coughs> genuinely, I see you as the type of coach who... Um, he, he ha- you have your ideas and um, you either get them affirmed or you get them argued against and it's a healthy mm. argument and you sort of go back and forth and still come out thinking, you know what, this is my gut feeling, this is what my opinion was and, and no one's convinced me strongly otherwise. Sometimes they can and you change your mind but um, generally speaking, you really do back yourself as a coach and I mean you're, you're 1,200 this year so even better than how I'm traveling. Uh, and it just, I think it just, there's something in it. There's something in it. I think I went too hard this year with it. Um, I think there's a balance and I, I like, I think you've got a good balance as it is. Um, but 
there's somewhere, there's like a landing spot in there somewhere where we just have a great season. We back ourselves in. We don't go too crazy, but we, you know, we, we take the risks when they present themselves. Uh, and that's, that's the year that you end up in the top 100, like, you know, you have before and mm. other great coaches do consistently. Look, if there's anything that I would do differently this season, and there's a couple of things, it would be not listening to Pistol when he was convinced that <laughs> Oliver was going to play off the half-back line. Like, literally, yeah, yes. that whole Laird to Oliver switch. I'd, like, I did the math. If I had started Laird, I started Oliver instead of Laird and Dawson instead of Doherty, I'd be top 400 right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And a lot of people, I think, will have that same thought process. And, it's, and it all comes down to Pistol's quote-unquote insider knowledge, insider trading, because I didn't want to have Laird and Dawson to like double up on the Adelaide boys if Adelaide went crap. So that's why I got Doherty. And so I've ended up with literally the two of the, the Worst, four that yeah. were no good. <laughs> yeah, and Doherty got injured in week two or something like that after yeah. two sometimes or week three. Yeah, uh, that was a huge tipping point. And, you know, a lot of people got Laird. Whoever faded Laird got him at like 550K or something like that because he started so poorly. And, but, yeah, he's come home strong. So he was the right pick, but we didn't expect a poor start. But Clayton Oliver was just better. Um, I mean, I paid 700K for Clayton Oliver uh, this year. So, Same. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I had him for one week. <laughs> but it's true. But there's nothing like in Pistol's case – He's taken that advice, and I think if he had have started Clary despite that for his team, he would have been unsatisfied with Clary eventually getting injured. And and no matter what happens with Laird, because as soon as you get pushed off of your mantle onto someone else's line of thinking, I don't, I just don't think it, I think it rarely works out. Um, And especially like a lot of coaches out there don't think they know what they're doing. A lot of coaches second mm. guess themselves. And um, I, I think it's great what we do in the podcast and the YouTube videos and a lot of great content creators out there are just unbelievable coaches. I think gathering advice is um, is the best way to play this game. Um, yeah. But it's not, it's not the, the only way to play this game and it's not – you shouldn't play the game based on the advice. You should let the advice um, sort of help – Inform your decisions. Yeah, inform your decisions. Um, but you should have a you should have a, a sort of a thought process before you launch into what's what are these guys doing with their team? Like this is what I want to do. Like maybe write down your trades at the start of the week. This is what I want to do. Then you know taking some information from your favorite content creators. Then sort of come back to why you wanted to do the moves that you wanted to do. Uh, and, and sort of that I think that is the best way to play the game. Ever since I stopped mm. taking bulk advice from outside sources, um, which a lot of it was good, a lot of it wasn't great, um, I think I became just a far better coach. And there are so many good coaches out there that probably desperately need to hear this because they're probably better than a lot of the general stuff being floated around. And and another yeah. thing, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm waffling here, but no, um, go for it. a lot of people like us, um, we have to cater to a pretty large audience so I might be talking about a player and saying this guy, this guy, this guy, and he just might not fit for your specific team. So I think a lot of people also buy into generic advice when uh, unless you're seeking advice specific to your team, you're probably not getting – you're not giving yourself the best opportunity, I don't think. So that's why yeah. your informed decisions at the beginning of the week are probably going to come out better most times than what the experts are saying, even if they're great coaches. Yeah, and I, I think this is something that I've touched on a couple of times over the years is that the goal of this podcast is not to be 
giving spoon feeding people the right answers every single week. It's to ingrain the fundamentals into people and have these discussions that allow people without the time to do the deep dives to see both sides of the argument, have the informed like information to go, hey, okay, I've taken that all on board. This is what my gut's telling me. This is what I think is going to happen and this is the way I'm going to go. As opposed to like it's a very small number of times that you'll get hit up on Twitter or in YouTube or whatever and people are like, you told me to do this and it was wrong. Ha, ha, you suck, like whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're, like A, we can't predict the future and B, it's trying to give the best information to the most amount of people. It's not always going to be team specific. It's not always going to be the right answer. But as long as we're teaching people how to understand the fundamentals so that in two years' time or however long, you don't need to listen to this week on, week out to be a phenomenal super coach. And yeah. that's, 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 that's what I hope um, comes from our listeners as well. I think the, but, um, um, the, be- the, be- the thing that I sort of – the best takeaway I have from exactly what you're talking about there is when we do a podcast like uh, the Doctor's Daily Dose where usually it's like I have an opinion and you might disagree. So we take our time before the podcast to you know inform our own decisions and it's sort of like a – this doesn't always end up like this but sometimes they're like an actual you versus me and I'm on one side and you're on the other side. And it's so mm. funny because we're both good coaches presenting our own reasoning and arguments with, you know, statistically based and, and however. Um, and then it comes to the end of the podcast and we're like, okay, yep, I see your side. Yep, you see my side. We agree to disagree. I think it's a good pick. You think it's, you know, a non-essential pick. You, you don't mind it. And then someone comes to one side and goes, I took this advice that you gave me and it turned out wrong. And it's like, dude, you listened to a podcast that presented two perfectly reasonable arguments and then mm. you decided to side with one and now you're blaming that person. Like it's just – it's crazy how people – like if anything were affirming your thoughts that you had already, like you probably <laughs> made the wrong decision with us but now you've got something to blame for it and it's like you're not yeah. going about it the right way. Like there's accountability in this game and coaches just don't improve – um, if they keep pointing the fingers like that, and I mean, I'm fine. I can I can take it. I'm happy for anyone to to yell at me and say I gave them the wrong vice captain option. But there's only one person clicking the buttons in your actual team. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Uh, JB, we'll jump into um, some super coach questions that we've had. Come that was over a lot of waffle, wasn't in, it? In podcast questions, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I know this is the last episode that we have before the end of the super coach season, so. Um, I always like a little bit of a retrospect and the Ooh, things. Can I do learn. a small I, announcement? Go for it. You, you you might cancel me. This might get this might get edited out. Um, we're gonna do. There's gonna be a couple of podcasts in the off season. Pretty much, we'll try. They'll be fresh after this season is done. After we've had like a couple of week breather, um, that's gonna be like from a professional opinion, a discussion around biases and taking advice and. Um, what people look for sort of unconsciously, subconsciously and and how that affects their decision-making. So we're actually going to have like a psychological podcast that we hope people will listen to, but at the very least, I'll get a lot out of it personally um, that'll discuss that type of thing. And I think it's super important because a lot of the time people are having, you know, have all these biases but don't actually realize it. So getting into the actual psychology of it 
I think is going to be is super important for for fantasy players at the very least. Um, at, well, as in like fantasy sports players. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll do really podcasts cool, like that. Yeah, yeah. Fun, happy it, days. I, I'm hearing it for the first time as well. I, I mean, it's in the group chat, but you're a busy man, Chizo. It's, <laughs> it's hard to tie you down and you know, whisper in your ears sometimes. Uh, it is hard to tie me down. I will give you that. Uh, we'll jump mm-hmm. into the podcast questions. Toddy Sub Zero says, "Who's the best Mills trade out option?" He's got 18k in the bank. That would mean he's got 436 to spend. And that's going to top out. You can't even afford Rory Atkins, who's been dropped this week, which is disappointing. Um, <laughs> how's Keys been? Keys, remember Keys went on that run, and everyone wanted to trade him in. How's he been the last few weeks? So he's yeah, no, no look, he's he hasn't scored, been. He hasn't been great. He's got 30 <laughs> 82, this week. 82, 75, 97, 77, 80, 92, 36. That's basically what we uh, anticipated, is it not? <laughs> I, I, I could not believe the keys high, but it's not the time for me to get on my high horse. Um, this is actually pretty tricky. So looking at the midfielders up to 440K, even if you look at three-round averages, so like the guys that are warm, no one even goes over 100 so Callum Mills, I know he's unlikely to score a ton himself this week because I can't believe how shocking he's been. But if you're going for one... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Week heavy hitter. Who plays, Crows plays West Coast this week. The answer might actually be keys. Um, yeah, scarily. <laughs> scary, genuinely scarily. Um... Ah, oh, such a tricky one. I'm trying to like find, like, were some of these guys injured for one of their games to have popped out a bad score? Jai Simpkin has the Gold Coast without LDU. Maybe that's okay. I don't Zorko's know. Zorko's cheap if you've got, uh, oh, you can pick him as a mid anyway. Um, but they, they play St. Kilda, so that's not, he's not going to go massive. Do you know but... who's been really good? Corey Wagner no. has Hawthorne this week. Oh, true. Yep. He's got a 110, a 92, and a 102 for three of his last four games. I think he's a better chance of tonning up than Callum Mills. Yeah. But, like, you're looking at someone genuinely like Wagner or Jai Simpkin, or if you wanted to, to hunt the West Coast game or even the North Melbourne game, um, you're looking at a Crows player or a, Nor- uh, a Gold Coast player. Let me have a look at the Gold Coast players. I've got oh, a, 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 a sneaky Tom Mitchell at two ninety nine. Uh, sorry, three ninety nine k. Who's finally not the sub this week? Um, he How could, often has again, he been ag- the sub? Was he the sub last week? 
Uh, he wasn't the sub last week, but he's been the sub um, subbed off a couple of times as well. So he had a 48, a 30, a 98, then a 44, 103, 80. So like if he's yeah. not subbed, you can probably get a 90s, probably 100, I reckon, out of him. He is playing Essendon and our midfield is probably our least mediocre. Um, All right, gun to your head. I want to know which guy you're picking. All right, which one? But Who am I picking between? Uh, as in, like you've got you've got a selection of the board. Uh, I just want to know, like, if you had to put your name to one of these random guys, who who is it? The under four hundred and forty k for Mills. Probably, I'm going to go Keys just because they're playing the West Coast Eagles. I'll go Simpkin just because he has previously been good and they've got Gold Coast yeah, and yeah. there's no LDU. But Oh, uh, true. That's a good choice. Yeah, I like that. But like he's turned up once in the last 12 weeks. So <laughs> yeah, none of the options are ideal. Let's just say that. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're chasing a flash in the pan. Uh, uh, Simpkin yeah, or true. Wagner. I'm torn between those two, um, but I do like Keys as well. Caleb Daniel at 400 is also an option. If you've is got he 400k DPP? now? Yep. What happened to him? Because he was dominating earlier in the year. Um, that's a that great surely, question. There would have to be DPP involved because... Yeah, yeah. I, like I remember you went, he became a small forward at one point in like a couple of months. Like, really? So everything was going well, averaging 101 up until round 18, then round 19, 82, 35, 79, 51, 99. So he's just like bled cash since the buy. He's had one ton since the buy. That uh, that's a typical Magneto. I'm so sad they can't afford Tex Walker. He, he's my favorite pick of the week. Yeah, yeah, he's going to go huge. I think so. They get. They're just going to. I think you said on um, on your video that they're just going to feed him this week. They're going to try and get him a Coleman. Well, like what other? If they're going for a win, I could understand if like you know. They consider West Coast are just going to be really tired and they're like, you know what? Yeah, it's just not worth it, blah, blah, blah. But not going for the – or not needing the win for finals anymore, I think, yeah, absolutely. They, they just feed him. What about um, Kitty Coleman? Nah, nah. Not going close. Not, not going near that. Yeah, he's got St. Kilda as well. St. Kilda do give up good defender scores though. That's like one of my stats that I love doing in the captain's video. Is the <laughs> scores? Is it even true, or did you make that up? No, nah, it is true. It is true. I think Luke, <laughs> Luke Ryan scored 160 twice against them or something. I just, like, I, I just check. Uh, Cooper Ten has. I need to replace McRae. 470k to spend. Any uh, can DPP to any position. Thinking of taking a risk on Josh Kelly. Is a, a, a Josh Kelly one week loan even a risk at this point? Um, I'm not entirely sure it is. Uh, like at 470, you've got a little bit more wiggle room. I don't mind the Josh Kelly pick. I um, like Taron Thomas. Stick with who my do you like as a theme? theme. God, how, how expensive is he? 440. 440 yeah, that's not yeah. bad. He, he's been playing mid as well he's up against Gold Coast. No, and especially LD, with like the LWA. Yeah, I think yeah. he will obviously get that midfield time. Um, wait, who did you mention off the top there? Oh, I was just talking about um, Josh Kelly that I thought that he was yeah, uh, yeah. a reasonable risk, but he hasn't been great since the buy. Yeah, what's happened with him as well? Like, talk about a good player who just hasn't quite done the thing 116, this year. 116 was his average, 
at the end of round 14. Then he's gone 93, 23, 100, and that wasn't it, that was a tagged 23. Yeah. 114, 97, 98, 62, 82, 100. Like he's literally dropped <laughs> 15 a- points of his average since the bye. I'm absolutely starting him next year. That's that's crazy. Um, oh, look, I don't mind Josh Kelly. They've they've got Carlton. Um, don't hate it. I, I think I would still rather Taron personally. Yep. Uh, not George Hewitt. I just want to say all the. I think a lot of people are going to get sucked in by George Hewitt, but they've got Walsh. Is Chera back as well? Yeah. Yeah, Chera's back as well. Um, yep. so I would avoid Chera, uh, Hewitt and Chera, I guess. But yeah, definitely Hewitt. Can they afford Tex? How much is Tex? Is Tex under four seventy? Uh, Walker. Oh, he's four seventy nine. Unlucky. You, you missed out on a, a 12 goal haul. They probably don't even ask the question if Texas. Because, like, it's obvious, right? Texas is just that guy. He's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understood. Um, Chowd says, Does LDU even own a surfboard, JB? You've got your inside sources? <sighs> oh, arguably, yes, um, considering it was a surfing injury. However. Well, this is the thing. JB, this is the thing. I've heard it was a boogie board. That would be controversial. That that it would. I mean, he might have just been dropped if it was a boogie board. <laughs> I mean, he might not even be injured, and I wouldn't blame Clarko. That's. I mean, he doesn't like the long sleeves. There's no way he's subscribing to boogie boredom. He, he was like paddling in the shallow water and kicked his foot on a rock because he was on the on the uh, boogie board. That's what I've heard. God, that's disappointing news. That's another guy who I think someone said in um, – I know who said it, but they're not getting their shout-out. Um, but someone did say in general, LDU approaching never again. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to own him for the next game that he's in. Like he'll be <laughs> yeah. in my team next year round one. So not only is he not <laughs> never again, he's literally the next game that I can choose someone he's in. Well, Windy Hill Wizard has early locks for 2024. He sounds like your early lock. I mean, I would be, at this point, I would be surprised if he's not in my team. He'll be in my, my day one opening team, 100%. Yep. And he was this year as well. Um, but I think he's had enough of those scores where, like, you know, something has impacted him. He's going to be not overly cheap, but he's got 120-plus potential, man. He's been shouted out as a captain option in a lot of my videos this year. And and yeah. correctly so. Like he he he's really good. He's got a three round average of 119, five round average of 124. Like he just puts points on. Yeah. Nah, absolutely agree. Um Rob C, the plan was always Jay Z to Tex and go out with a bang. Yep. But now LDU is out. So he says, Tex and a loop and loop a couple of depth muds. What? <laughs> mids, I hope. <laughs> depth mids or Marrick and a good mid. So, okay. So he's basically saying Tex and a spud or Marrick and a good mid. I think Tex has probably got the bigger upside. God, I think so too. It's, it's so much faith in. in Look, if you can get Bond. Big year. Like, sure. Yeah, I mean. Uh, that that's a no-brainer. Surely, no, surely Bond's not on the table. I can stick to the plan, Rob. I can go for Tex, loop your your two depth muds, 
and then and go from there. Like to be honest, though, Marek has been really consistently decent this year. I, I can't mm. believe he he's gone like once or twice under sixty for the entire year. Do you know he's made like two hundred k? Yeah, I, I've had him on the field for like the last yeah, dozen same. weeks, mate. I've, I've been watching him. He's my captain this week. <laughs> I, I didn't hear him in your video. I mean, just, you got you can't tell. Every, do as I say, not as I do. Please. He's had a 16 in his second game against Sydney. And then other than that, he's had a 44 and a 49 as his next two lower scores. The rest have been 76, 67, 67, 59, 54. Like that, that is more consistent. than fine. Like if we got those scores from a rookie option at the start of the year, they'd be fieldable. That would make, <laughs> that'd make about 200K. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give how, do I, how, do I, how do I cash him in? I don't think you can. I think you need trades. <laughs> All right. We've got next question. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of very very funny ones here, JB. Okay, now that teams are out, have you reconsidered your VC of English? Considering that the uh, the cats have brought in a couple of rucks. Nah, nah. You're still confident, still happy in English over. It actually uh, makes me more confident because, like, the Geelong being savvy and trying to do something different, like tag him around the ground would make me more concerned than them naming like a first game Ruckman who's yep. just going to not be able to keep up with him and not know what he's doing. He's probably going to give away a dozen free kicks. Um, I think this puts English owners in a stronger position. Um, I still like Bont, but I still like Laird more. Um, so I think it's still English, Laird, Bont as the top three. Uh, and if you want to know the best captaincy options, you've you got to go to the YouTube video. Sorry. Absolutely. Um, Benny Buzzboy says, Frio's record against intercepting defenders because I'd rather VC Sicily but need to understand Ooh. the opposition form. Like we, did, we didn't – Sicily hasn't been a big name in terms of VCing towards the end of the year. Let me tell you something, Chizo. This is a man yes. who doesn't listen to my YouTube videos. And it's getting to a point where I'm sick of quoting them back, but Sicily scored 63 against Fremantle in round eight and then churned out a 134, 134, 172, 136, and before that had a 128. So he was in good form and put out a 63. Fremantle hold opposition defenders to low scores and have done so consistently all year. Cool. Sums it up pretty Sicily well. Sicily bad. <laughs> all right, Mark, destruction zone. I've got one trade left. What's the better option to field this week? Houston and Marrick or Flanders and Mullen? Um, oh, surely I mean, that's Houston and Marrick, right? Like it, it, it absolutely is. So do do you know the Richmond fixture is historic for for Supercoach and Port Adelaide? Zach Butters and Dan Houston take the absolute Mickey out of this fixture. It's it's Richmond and your boys Essendon. Both yep. those guys, Houston and Butters fight for the three votes against both those teams. So absolutely, Houston is the right pick there. He probably outscores Flanders and Mullen on his own. Yep. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, Brandon has a ethical dilemma, JB, I want you to weigh, weigh in on. Brandon, mm-hmm. in harm's way. I'm playing my girlfriend in a grand final this week. She's got one trade left. Do I help her or not? Oh, in harm's way is scarily uh, accurate there. Um, do I help? Look, the answer is yes, 
but not to the best of your ability. Like you, you, you don't give her a text. You, you drop like a few little, you know, oh, this guy's got a good matchup or, you know, this is who I'd trade to but not really. But you don't yeah. give her a text. You, under no circumstance can you give her someone <laughs> like Tex, Butters or Houston. Those are the three guys you cannot mention. Yeah, so it's like 480 gets you Josh Kelly um, at 470 or Tex at 480 and you're, you're telling him, to like, make sure that she gets Josh Kelly. Yeah, like Josh Kelly, he's like a he's average one twenty before. Like <laughs> and, and he was averaging one hundred and sixteen pre buy. Yeah, I mean, just feed her these stats and don't tell her that Tex is going to kick thirteen this week. <laughs> and I mean, you can't predict a random Taylor Walker onslaught of goals. Okay, she can't expect that of you. So you, you know, just give her the the best of your ability. Yeah, appreciate it, but not the best uh, best. JB, that actually wraps up all the podcast questions we have. I think people ah. are running a little bit low on trade. So we'll go through the housekeeping that's usually at the start of the podcast. Uh, don't forget that if you're around for September in Patreon, you also get the months of October, November, and December free for all the uh, the, the content from behind the scenes at Dr. Supercoach uh, Patreon. Um, and we're also down to our final five coaches in the last coach standing. Uh, that's Bolter Brewing by Knock, Lobsters Legends, Caleb, the A-Team Nick, Dukes, which is Cameron, and the Waddy Pod Sam. And they're all ranked in the top 250 coaches. So um, wow. once again, LCS is absolutely banging. It's and hot. over on the Dr. Supercoach Cup for 2023, the final is going to be played out by Ron Mexico, Dud Village, and Tim Timmy's Turtles. Um, Should, we, tip? Should we put our between- tips in? I think Timmy's turtles. He cracked the the top one hundred last week no. um, for the for the first time this year. He he's always in the DMs asking for this or that uh, advice. So I, I'm going to have to to side with the guy that uh, gives me content. I'm going for Ron Mexico because I like his name more. Yeah, Dud Village. It sounds like your super coach team right now. So I, I understand that. <laughs> okay. It, <laughs> in the bronze medal match, the bronze medal match year of the Ross. Um, Ball Fondlers versus Denny Marry Me Spargo. Oh, now, Denny is in t- is twenty sixth overall, ah, and uh, so we've got two top one hundreds going for some prizes. And one of those four is unfortunately going to miss out on some prizes this year because then the, the uh, gold, silver, and bronze walk away with something. I think I think we do throw something to, to fourth place, but I can't remember. Well, we're going to have to now. Yeah, um. we, we, I'm making I'm making checks that I can't cash, uh, I Joey. So you should you should take it off me. Um, <laughs> I just want to give some special thanks to everyone that has been a part of Patreon, in particular to Wooshka, who's helped with a lot of behind the scenes content creation for Rivalry League as well. He's been your co-host for the year, um, and. Mm. Everyone that has shown a support either uh, by jumping into the Patreon, picking up merch, supporting the YouTube videos and engaging with our content, I just want to give a sincere thank you because, uh, you know, we wouldn't be doing this if we, di- if we didn't have the support of everyone that um, gets behind us and um, just involves gets involved with what we do. So thank you very much. Yeah, another hugely successful season uh, driven by... Such an awesome community that we have. Um, I mean, there's so many personalities in Slack. I, I can't believe 
people either find a way to avoid each other expertly or get along um, swimmingly no matter the circumstances. So I think we're very blessed to have what we have. Uh, and just outside the, the Slack and the Patreon altogether, the amount of consistent listeners we've had on the podcast this year, even late into the season, um, is nothing short of incredible. So I think we're just overall from the three of us just so grateful and maybe even sometimes questioning how we, we got in such a good position in the first place, but just grateful. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So if you do have any final questions, make sure to jump over to uh, JB's YouTube comment section because that's where we'll be answering all the, the last minute questions before lockout yep. if you're not in Patreon already. And uh, yeah, good looking out for the, the grand final and hope you go well if you've still got games this week. We'll see you all in 2024 uh, or in the next episode. 